0: Thank you for joining us and welcome back Beyond the Bandwagon. I am Elias and with me today and every podcasting day is Kyla. Hey. Fantasy football is a spinning tornado of confusion and injuries after week two.
1: (laughs) Definitely.
0: If your team is in a world of hurt right now, trust us, you are not alone. Some big names out there for the season. We'll recap week two, break down injuries from across the league, and then look ahead to week three with our good and bad matchups. So, with no further ado, let the pain begin. Kyla, oh how gosh. did week two treat you?
1: Pain is right for sure. Things did not get better for me in week two. I guess, I guess some things did get better. Um, like I didn't start Carson Wentz for the, <laughs> but for the most part, <laughs> my team was still a dumpster fire. I think they've all conspired against me this year, just to make sure that I don't win a game. Uh, <laughs> Let's just start with the good things that happened to me this week. My top scorer was Ryan Tannehill with 26.76 points. He got 239 yards, 4 touchdowns, and 12 rushing yards. So he had a great game. The next top scorer was Hayden Hurst with 18.2 points. He caught 5 passes for 72 yards and 1 touchdown in the game against Dallas. This sounds great because it's 18.2 points from your tight end. That Mm -hmm. is great, except I left Mike Gesicki on my bench because he had that bad matchup with the Bills. You remember I talked about that last week, that bad matchup. Uh, Turns out that was wrong. So he scored 29 PPR points with eight catches for 130 yards and a touchdown. So I'm regretting that decision, although I still don't think that would have helped me win even if I'd played him
0: seemed like late in the third quarter he didn't really have any stats yet. He had maybe one catch. Yeah. And then it was really just all garbage time and he just compiled <laughs> just an incredible game after that. But still, yeah. 29 and, I mean, points.
1: Garbage time is still valid in fantasy football. <laughs> I mean, that's of where course. you get a lot of your points. Um, Let's see, where was I? Oh, he got 11 targets in that game, which is massive usage yeah. for a tight end. Everyone else is sort of sucked, so let's just start with my running backs. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Kenyon Drake combined for only 24.5 points together. That was both of them together. Mm -hmm. Kansas City just had a weird game against the Chargers, so I'm not concerned about Clyde. Drake had 20 rushes but was not targeted at all, so that is a little concerning. I'm not ringing the alarm Yet on him because he's had some tough matchups, you know, to start the season. He played San Francisco, they played Washington, both have good defense. So I'm not ringing the alarm bells yet on Kenyon Drake, but I am a little concerned. Allen Robinson, despite having a great matchup, only finished with three catches for 33 yards, which was 6.3 PPR points. Marquise Brown, who I started because I have Kenny Galladay and AJ Brown, both injured finished with 9.2 points, and the biggest disappointment by far on my team this week, (laughs) you you guys can't see, but I'm clapping my hands because I'm so (laughs) frustrated, was Todd Gurley with 6.1 points. It wasn't for lack of volume because he got 21 carries, but he was not targeted at all, and the one goal line carry was given to Ido Smith, And he was like stuffed back for two yards or something, which was so dumb because Todd Gurley is one of the best goal line backs in the league. Sure. And they didn't put him in. And that's like where he's supposed to be used. That's his value is on the goal line. And in a game where Atlanta scored 39 points, (laughs) he didn't get one touchdown. Not one. All of Atlanta's touchdowns came through the air. and It's hard to believe. It was so painful to watch because I'm like, one, the Cowboys were a fucking disaster to start that game but I was like well if they're gonna suck this bad at least Hayden Hurst and Todd Gurley will have good games and that'll help my fantasy game I mean Hayden (laughs) Hurst had a pretty good game but Todd Gurley still sucked so it was even more painful to watch until the end of course when they when the Cowboys Came back and won the game in amazing fashion. If you didn't watch the game, it was pretty amazing.
0: Just in a long list of confounding things that happened Sunday <laughs> that should not have happened, that that onside kick... And uh, secondly, when I hear Edo, I think of Lido and I, I think of the Lido shuffle. And I, and I just want to say Edo. Oh, 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 that's the first thing that pops into my head because I'm just weird like that. But why is Edo Smith in on the goal line? Why are the Falcons not diving on onside kicks? I don't know. Why are these things happening? It doesn't make any sense. It's really it's weird. It's just the kind of year that we're in.
1: Yes, really, really weird. Okay, let me get back on track here. I went off on that little tangent about how disappointed I am with Todd Gurley.
0: (laughs) Well, at least Carson Wentz was on the bench, right? You know, that's a positive.
1: That is true. That is true. And he was still a bum with only 12.38 points. (laughs) So you better believe that I dropped Carson Wentz this week. And you should too, because he is fully droppable, because he sucks, because you can't blame. The offensive line this week, they protected him much better, and he still played like shit. Now, the coach of the Eagles, who's coaching the Eagles now? I don't even know.
0: Doug Peterson.
1: Doug Peterson has said he's not concerned about Carson Wentz's play, but he should be because he sucks.
0: To be honest, since you dropped him, I was thinking about picking him up because my backup quarterback is Danny Dimes, and <laughs> it doesn't really get worse than than the Giants right now. And I think... I. I think Jones will get better, but without Barkley, it's just... Uh...
1: I don't think you should pick up Wentz. I think you'll have a better streaming option out there when Lamar has uh, his bye week. So, I mean, feel free. You can have him, but I don't think just it's saying, a just it,
0: saying it crossed my mind. I'm just saying <laughs> it crossed my mind. That, that's all. That's it.
1: <laughs> um, Let's see. My kicker got only five points. It was Jason Myers, and then the Rams defense against Philly... With seven points, which was a little disappointing. Um, Nothing else on my bench, really. Of course, I mentioned Mike Gesicki already. He had an amazing day on my bench. And then Kenny Galladay and A.J. Brown were out. Cam Akers got injured, which is disappointing. And Naeem Hines was a complete non-factor in his game. He only got like one point something point. So luckily I didn't start him. And that's it. I mean, nothing terribly exciting. I lost my game 103 to 123, so I'm 0-2. It's by far the worst start to a season I have ever had. <laughs> I'm hoping to turn it around this week. I'm hoping I can get my receivers back and things will. Yeah. I'm trying to just stay the course. I think I've got good guys on my team. I'm trying not to panic. It's easy to panic, but I'm trying not to. So I, I think... I think my guys are just off to a slow start.
0: Well, it's a very long season and you have a lot of injuries. So you have that working for you as soon as, the, as, soon as those guys get healthy. Uh, any consolation, I did start Naeem Hines in a different league. <laughs> and his one point uh, really, really screwed me. Did so you I did. I sure did. <laughs> and I'm in a position in that league where if I had just not started Michael Gallup and Naeem Hines, I probably would have won because the rest of my guys did pretty well. Be that as it may, it is hard to follow you up, being that you're such a ray of sunshine <laughs> when it comes to your fantasy team. But I will do my best. I was also defeated uh, 159.58 to 129.58. So I actually did not have a bad week. But yeah. uh, just a couple people didn't do what they normally do. and, and Your opponent you just
1: had a really good week.
0: Exactly. Uh, once again, I was led by Calvin Ridley, 31.9 points. Seven catches, 109 yards, and two touchdowns. He has four touchdowns, 16 catches, and 239 yards through two weeks. Most definitely, in every week, uh, receiver one going forward, he's For been sure. a monster.
1: I'm so mad that I didn't. I don't have him on my team.
0: <laughs> with Chris Godwin out, I, had a, I I had a decision to make with my receiver two. I went with Mike Gallup. I made the wrong decision. <laughs> Gallup was disappointing for the second straight week. Dallas put up forty points, but Gallup only had two catches for fifty-eight yards, seven point eight fantasy points. I was really trying to make Gallup happen. But, you know, just like in Mean Girls, trying to make <laughs> fetch happen. <laughs> I, I I am Gretchen in this situation. It's not going to happen.
1: It's uh, unfortunately. My... I do I did think you were right. Last week, you said you didn't think Gallup was the number two option. I, I'm a, I'm leaning more toward you might be right about that. I do think the fact that Blake Jarwin is not playing now has sort of changed the dynamic a little bit, and there are more targets open for C.D. Lamb in the middle of the field. But he just is really good. <laughs> Lamb is.
0: Lamb is super good. And then <laughs> yeah. uh Schultz, the new tight end. He had an amazing game. Gallup, did. I believe, was not even fourth in targets. I believe he was fifth. So, he does.
1: I mean, he still still has a role on the offense. I'm just not sure it's great for fantasy purposes because it does seem <laughs> like, you know, end of the game, Cowboys are behind. Dak Prescott goes to him deep down the field. And most of the time he comes up with it. So I don't think he's ever going to lay, you know, an egg for you. He's not going to be zero, but he might have a lower floor than we originally thought.
0: I think that is undoubtedly the case that he has a lower (laughs) floor. Uh, And, you know, in every game, Dallas isn't going to need to throw with a minute to go and if that's all I'm waiting for then he's just not dependable yeah. in my flex I went with Steelers receiver Deontay Johnson he caught eight passes for 92 yards in a TD he had an incredible 13 targets and also had a punt return TD called back by what I thought was a pretty questionable block in the back so he could have had a much better week Steelers seem pretty intent on on getting him a lot of targets yeah Ridley, Godwin, and Johnson will be every week starters for me moving forward. Gallup will join Tyler Boyd, who had an amazing week for me on the bench with 20 points in the Bengals game against the Browns. Gallup was arguably, like like what we just talked about, he was the fourth receiver at at best, so he is not going to be starting for me anymore. Moving on to my RBs, Derrick Henry finished with just 8.4 fantasy points, had 25 carries, but... Tennessee was just having more success through the air, so they went Lucky with so they went with Tana Thrill instead yeah. of Henry. Uh, still not worried about Henry at all. He's getting a ton of volume, just like yeah. always. Chris Carson with another amazing week for Seattle. Nineteen point eight fantasy points. He had seventeen carries for seventy two yards to go with three catches for thirty six yards and a fantastic TD. He, uh, you know, it, it was an over the shoulder catch. It was pretty oh, yeah. I I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um so I was worried last week about Carson with his lack there of when it comes to carries, but it doesn't seem like I have to worry about that anymore. No.
1: Nah.
0: Baltimore let me down this week, and that's kind of ultimately where the loss lies. Quarterback Lamar Jackson had just seventeen point five six fantasy points.
1: Which isn't really bad by well, no, any means. But you're but for Lamar, for Lamar getting like 30. Yeah.
0: And then uh, only catch for, or one catch for Ravens tight end Mark Andrews. Oh. They just simply didn't have to do much against Houston. They ran Houston. the ball, yeah. Just like what we talked about, just thought they'd destroy Houston. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what happened.
1: Yeah, you were definitely right about that Deshaun Watson pick. That was a good call.
0: Well, thank you. And somebody so.
1: asked us on uh, Instagram last week if they should start... Deshaun Watson or Cam Newton. And based on your recommendation, I told them to start Cam Newton and they said they did and they were very happy with their results. So that was very good.
0: Kyla, that is why we're here. <laughs> to serve. We are here yeah. to serve. I know. So I think the Ravens should do a lot better this week against the Chiefs. Um, you know, overall, not a bad week, but I'm one and one now and we're off to Cincinnati.
1: Yeah, well, you're doing better than me, so. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, moving on to our winners and losers of the week. I'll just kick this one off here. My winner of the week, low-hanging fruit here, but it is Aaron Jones. And I chose Aaron Jones this week partly because he had an amazing week, and he deserves to be winner of the week but also because I have talked so much shit about Aaron Jones and these <laughs> podcasts and how much I hate him. I don't hate him as a person. Don't get me wrong. He's not a bad person as far as I know, but he's so inconsistent. But this week or last week in week two, he ran the ball against Detroit so much. He had 168 yards rush, just rushing yards. That's not even receiving yards. And then he had 68 receiving yards And he had three total touchdowns. That totaled 47.6 PPR points in in our league. That's an amazing week. I think Jackson had him and still ended up losing that game, though, because I don't know who else he had, but he got 47 points. Oh, he had Saquon, who only got two points. Oh, no. But he had 47 points from Aaron Jones and still lost his game. So I'm not the only one having bad luck.
0: So what you're saying is Aaron Jones is better than Naeem Hines.
1: Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I
0: just want to make sure that's clear. I never. What point, Naim? Come on.
1: I never said that, that Naeem Hines was better than Aaron Jones. Okay? I know,
0: I know. I just, I just wanted to make sure that I got the hierarchy of everything right. Aaron Jones is up there. Just, just wanted to point that out.
1: <laughs> so, with that said, he is the winner of the week for me. But. The season is very young, so I'm not deeming myself wrong yet (laughs) about Aaron Jones being a bust because coming from somebody who had him last year, he had two games last year where he got more than 40 points, but he also had five games where he got eight points or less. So you have him in all those five games starting, that could be five losses for you and that could fuck your season. So... Let's just wait and see how the rest of the season goes before I wear Can't the hat a bit. If, if I'm wrong about Aaron Jones, I will wear that hat and I will say I was wrong. I'm <laughs> very sorry. But we're two games into the season, so I don't think I'm wrong just yet. We'll see. Anyway. Well,
0: as, as one bust, I picked Aaron Rodgers, and I've definitely been wrong about that. So,
1: <laughs> Well, we're two games into the season. Okay? Long, so. long way to go. This week, Aaron Jones wins, but for the season, he wins the battle. I might still win the war.
0: <laughs> Staying optimistic that Aaron <laughs> Jones might still suck, I like it. Uh, my winner of the week is Russell Wilson, quarterback of Seattle, and Russell. I don't think I don't think this is going to be an Aaron Jones situation where he's going to be going downhill. No, uh, let Russ Cook. He has been amazing. Uh, He took on a New England defense that is supposed to be one of the league's best, at least it normally is anyway. He went for 288 yards passing and five touchdowns. Uh, Those people that were talking about him being the MVP in the preseason, and I was kind of like, Russell Wilson, really? You know, don't they just run the ball a ton? Like, are they ever going to throw enough for him to be MVP? Well, they seem to know what they were talking about. He is the number one player in our fantasy league right now. 610 passing yards, 9 TDs so far, and around 33 fantasy points in each of the first two games. Letting him just fire away seems to be Seattle's best option. He's also run for 68 yards total through two weeks. He has been amazing so far. Seattle's 2-0. and They seem yeah. to be able to win shootouts. Hopefully their defense improves a little bit because that could come back to bite them. But they had an awesome goal line stand too. So things are looking super bright in Seattle.
1: Yeah, for sure. And here you criticize me for having Seattle as number one in that division. And our preseason predictions. Now look you know, at it.
0: As long as I just continue to rehash things that I've gotten <laughs> wrong, I might as well point that out as well. <laughs> that that I, I did say, though, that the one team in the NFC that I did not have in the postseason that I didn't think was a great idea was Seattle. And Indianapolis was my AFC team for that. The AFC West, or the uh, NFC West, they might have three playoff teams, and the odd team out might be the 49ers.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's which true.
0: is pretty weird to think about after what we saw last year. But yeah, anyway,
1: real quick, just about Russell Wilson. Though I, I just love him. I think he is such a good guy. I've never had any issues with Russell. Wilson. <laughs> it's hard not to like him. I feel like he gets better every year.
0: He does get better every year. I have heard from a few people in the journalism industry who I'm friends with that he is a bit of a robot when it comes to interviews and that sort of a thing. Really? sort of thing so I'm sure at home he's a totally different person than he is in, in public but he is he is a company man from, yeah. from what I've heard you know he will never say a negative thing about anybody or anything he is just you know that, all positive yeah. all, the, all the time yeah
1: maybe he's just a positive guy
0: maybe that's why Sierra loves him you know <laughs>
1: <Maybe>. <laughs> <laughs> okay my loser of the week is Will Fuller this situation was bizarre to me i like because i was playing i mean the guy who beat me amazingly had will fuller who got zero points and he still beat me but i looked and he had zero points and i was like what the hell is going on it's like the yeah. david johnson situation from last year where they deemed him healthy he was gonna play and then he did nothing he was at the game will fuller was he had no injury designation nothing reported Still does not have an injury designation, although the Houston Chronicle has reported that he has an apparent hamstring injury. But he was just seen stretching on the sidelines. He tried to go in at one point. They kept taking him in and out, and he just wasn't targeted at all. And he scored a big fat zero. So that is definitely loser of the week for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, it seemed precautionary that he might have tweaked something, but yeah, he. They haven't talked about it all week now, so it's really confusing. In the other league that I did not, you know, in one league I started Naeem Hines. In the other league, I started (laughs) Will Fuller, and he got a big zero. I I managed to win that week, or that that game, uh, despite I started Will Fuller in my flex, and I had James Connor on the bench. Oh, I had James Robinson on the bench. They both went off and could have started for <laughs> Will Fuller. I <laughs> yeah. also had Gasicki on the bench oh. in that league and still managed to win. So the fantasy guys were kind of looking out for me that I still won that game.
1: You can have James Conner, though. Who could have predicted that he was, they were going to use him that much? All week, everybody acted like he was yeah. going to be limited. So a lot of people didn't start him. So I don't fault you for that. I wouldn't have either.
0: You know, if you're out there and you're playing this podcast, can you sense that we're frustrated? Can you sense the, <laughs> the the fantasy confusion because just things are just happening that you can't predict. You just can't predict some of this shit. Yeah, uh, like my loser of the week. Kurt <laughs> Cousins, quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings, had a just a week from hell. Mm-hmm. after scoring twenty one point seven six points in our league, week one, Cousins came into week two with a matchup against the Colts team that had just been shredded by Gardner Minshew. So (laughs) matchup on paper, you know, the Colts did not play well at all when they played the Jaguars, Yeah, but the Colts ate their Wheaties and then uh, (laughs) proceeded to stop Cousins and the Vikings. Cousins went 11 for 26 with 113 yards, no touchdowns and three picks.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Negative 1.48 in our league. Oh, God. Literally one of the worst starts I can remember from a fantasy standpoint. It doesn't really get much worse than one point or negative 1.48. If you were unlucky enough to have played him, rest in peace to your week two.
1: <laughs> That's even worse than Carson wins.
0: <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> You you saying that is like my joke with Naeem Hines and Aaron Jones. Like it's way worse than Carson Wentz. <laughs> At least Carson Wentz was, you know, not getting negative 1.48. Just incredible how bad Cousins was for how much money that he makes. Yeah. Uh, just a week to forget. Hopefully he no... can turn the page and improve.
1: I didn't know that he had such a horrible week until you put his name on here for your loser. And I was like, hmm, that's weird. And I was just like, did Stefan Diggs really make that much of a difference? And did he make Kirk Cousins look better than he is? Maybe. <laughs> it seems like it.
0: Maybe so. I I think they have a definite hole at the second receiver spot that the young guys there just haven't really got the experience yet. Like they just haven't been up to par. Thielen is really their only weapon. Yeah. I mean, unless they start to throwing the ball to Cook more. The offense yeah. is really disjointed.
1: Yeah, for sure. All right, moving on to the carnage that was injuries.
0: Yeah, yeah, just awful week.
1: The one of the biggest, Saquon Barkley, the running back for the New York Giants, tore his ACL. Unfortunately, he is out for the season. That really sucks for Saquon because it's just really sad.
0: <laughs> it it is really sad. He's a top pick in fantasy. Uh, this is a a definite year where they had try to improve the offensive line and yeah. it just seemed like the giants were at least going to be competitive and he was going to have a great year. Yeah. Yeah. And just, it's a huge bummer.
1: I just feel like as fantasy players, we always think, Oh, that's a bummer for our team. But then we have to remember that these are real people <laughs> and he <laughs> lost this whole season. And now the giants, they're, they're done for the year without him. Like what are they going to like? Daniel Jones isn't as good without him. Yep. So that's a real bummer. The backfield is going to be so muddled now with. Yep. Dion Lewis, Wayne Gallman, who probably won't play that much. And then they signed Devontae Freeman. Yep. Okay. Anyway, another big name running back, Christian McCaffrey has a high ankle sprain. He is expected to be out four to six weeks. They did place him on IR today, so he will be out at least three weeks. Mike Davis is the guy to own there.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I'll, I'll take the Broncos section of, yeah. of the Walking Wounded here. <laughs> uh, Portland Sutton, wide receiver, torn ACL. Mm-hmm. He's out for the season. Drew Locke, quarterback. He strained his rotator cuff. He is out at least three to six weeks. And Philip Lindsey, the RB toe sprain likely out two to four weeks and they join AJ Bouye, who has a dislocated shoulder he's a corner Von Von Miller's out for the year the Broncos who I predicted would be a wild card team are in serious trouble you were
1: so happy and excited for the Broncos season before yeah they're in
0: serious trouble of getting a top 10 pick in next year's draft with all these injuries
1: they do have super
0: disappointing
1: a new quarterback though
0: Blake Bortles. Yeah, yes. they signed Blake Bortles. <laughs> Hopefully Jeff Driscoll remains the starter, as uh, I would assume he will. But, uh, you know, Bortles! Bortles! Uh, yeah, I I saw that and was just like, season can't really get any worse now. <laughs> <laughs> Not how I envisioned this going. Yeah. Uh, by the way, this is Wednesday morning at about noon uh-huh. mountain time. So that is when all these injuries uh we've we've updated it up to this point so keep an eye out uh moving on to some other people paris campbell wide receiver has a pcl injury he's been placed on ir we do not have any idea when he'll be back and uh now we're entering the 49ers portion of yeah, the Walking of this podcast <laughs> jimmy garoppolo quarterback high ankle sprain he is questionable week to week Uh, Coach Shanahan says he's got a good shot to play in week three. Raheem Mostert, the RB, he sprained his MCL. He's doubtful for the week, not expected to play. There is optimism it will not be a long-term absence. If you're looking to pick up somebody, apparently Tevin Coleman got injured as well, so the guy to pick up is Jarek McKinnon.
1: Uh And
0: then uh, George Kittle, the tight end, sprained his knee, but he is likely to play in week three.
1: Yes, I just want to point out that Bethany, who was first place in our league, had both Christian McCaffrey and Raheem Mostert on her team, and now she has one healthy running back, and I think it's on Johnson because Bethany sometimes forgets about the waiver wire, <laughs> and Elias is her yeah, husband, he is. and uh, he is so savage that he did not remind her.
0: Hey, it's been a really, really busy few days. I'm just going to point that out there. And uh, I'm also very competitive. No, Uh, I'm not going to remind her. I could have easily reminded
1: her too, and I didn't. There's a
0: couple couple people she can pick up on the wire. It's not completely devoid of uh, fines out there.
1: That's true. That's true. Where are we at here? Uh, Sammy Watkins has a head injury. I did not see an update. I think it's concussion-related. I don't know if he was entered into the protocol, so check on that. This next one is crazy.
0: Very peculiar.
1: Tyrod Taylor, the quarterback for the Chargers, apparently suffered an injury to his ribs in practice on Friday, and then on Sunday before the game, the team doctor punctured his lung With an injection, and I kind of thought that this might be the case when I saw that he was missing the game because he had a rib injury, and then there was complications from an injection because I'm like, what else could that, like an infection isn't going to show up that quickly. He didn't like fracture his rib from an injection, so the only reasonable thing I could come up with was that he punctured his lung, but it's still shocking to see that that actually happened. He had to go to the hospital.
0: Yeah, it's. (laughs) <laughs> 2020 <laughs> rolls on, you know, I, what, what can you say? It's uh, fascinating that that happened.
1: Hopefully he's okay. And the chargers have said that he will be their starter when he's okay. Um, for green Bay, Devonte Adams, a wide receiver has a hamstring injury. He's listed as questionable, but it is considered minor. He, his week three status is uncertain. The Packers, um, are conservative with their injuries so we'll see what happens there keep an eye on that and then as I already talked about Cam Aker suffered a rib injury It separated cartilage in his ribs he is day-to-day there's been no real indication how serious it is or how long he might miss I wish they would tell us so that I would know what to do with him <laughs> and then um, sticking with Rams running backs Malcolm Brown also fractured his pinky he had surgery on Monday is questionable, but is likely to play.
0: Sterling Shepard, the wide receiver, he has turf toe placed on IR. uh, So he'll be out at least three weeks. In Detroit, there's Kenny Galladay. He's got a hamstring issue. Uh, He is expected to play this week, according to ESPN's Adam Schefter. Mm -hmm. Michael Thomas, another first-round pick that has been injured for a lot of fantasy owners. He has a high ankle sprain. It's... Still up in the air if he's going to play this week, but they have said that he's likely going to miss two to four weeks, which would put him on track to be out this week. Good news for the mean machine. My team, Chris (laughs) Godwin, is out of concussion protocol, the receiver for the Buccaneers. He will play in week three. Jamison Crowder, the receiver for the Jets, has a hamstring issue. Uh, Is he scheduled to be back this week?
1: There was no update uh, for week three yet, but he did miss week two. so.
0: So we got A.J. Brown for the Titans, bone bruise in his knee. He's questionable. He's week to week, probably on the wrong side of questionable for this mm-hmm. upcoming week. D.J. Chark, receiver for the Jaguars, has a chest injury. He was limited in Monday's practice, but he will likely play Thursday night in the Florida showdown with the Dolphins. <laughs> yeah. Be prepared for that. Minshew mania and Fitz magic.
1: I really think that's going to be a high-scoring game.
0: Yeah, it honestly could be a pretty fun game.
1: Yeah.
0: Even though Thursday night football likes to disappoint very often. That's true. And then our uh, final injury, Jack Doyle, tight end for the Colts. He's questionable with an ankle injury. He is expected to miss this week, but keep your eye on that. If you want to pick up a tight end to replace Doyle, there's a guy out there for you, and he has one of the coolest names <laughs> in football, Mo Alley Cox. That is the tight end to, to grab. From the Colts. Uh, He had an awesome week in week two, Mm -hmm. replacing Jack Doyle. And if you just want some street cred for picking up Bo Alley Cox, (laughs) he's probably out there for you in your league.
1: I just want to say, I wonder if, or I feel like the weird season, like the limited offseason and like the no preseason and stuff, is just playing a big part in these injuries this year because there's so many big name injuries these guys hamstring injuries even it's just like they just couldn't get prepared for the season like they normally do
0: i think so and even the preseason games is a great point but even during the heavier stages of quarantine a lot of guys probably just weren't able to work out like they normally do you know yeah. keep the keep the flexibility that they normally do you never know. Everybody has a, a different situation. And in, in baseball, it was magnified as well, where some guys who have been in the league for a long time, they have a pitching machine in their house yeah. and they can keep hitting. Guys who just got called up, they're just sitting at home. They're just yeah. sitting at home doing nothing, just twiddling their thumbs, you know? So everyone is has a different situation when it comes to that. But I definitely think that COVID and quarantine and the lack of preseason games, that's all contributing to it. And hopefully, as the season goes on, some guys' bodies sort of adjust, and we only have, you know, a, a limited number of guys yeah. go out for the rest of the season because it's been really bad so far. It like we're looking at at least three of your top ten picks in fantasy being mm-hmm. out for a considerable amount of time, and one guy out for the year.
1: Yeah, I, I hopefully we have seen. The worst part of this for the season. Hopefully it gets better.
0: We wanted to take a quick break to tell you about an app that we found. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top tier athletes in a respective sport.
1: For NFL games, choose 10 out of the 20 player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool.
0: Now, the great news is we have a promo code to share with our listeners. You can use promo code BTBW50 when you sign up today, and you will receive an instant match up to $50 on your first deposit of $20 or more.
1: Download Thrive Fantasy from the App Store or Play Store or by visiting their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. Again, use promo code BTBW50. All right, jumping into week three, the good stuff. My first good matchup for the week is Devin Singletary versus the Los Angeles Rams. Singletary is probably not someone I would have looked at too heavily, honestly, had it not been for all the injuries in week two, just because he is in a split with Zach Moss. That said, I do think Singletary is still the better option at this point of the two. He's out Moss in both games so far, and he was targeted three times last week, whereas Moss was not targeted in the passing game at all in Week 2. They faced the Rams in Week 3, who gave up 27 PPR points uh, to Zeke Elliott in Week 1 and 20 points to Miles Sanders in Week 2. This is a good matchup for Singletary and will be the best defense that the Rams have faced yet, so hopefully they'll be able to keep the keep the Bills out in front, inducing more running to mm-hmm. drain the clock. Is Singletary going to replace Saquon or Christian McCaffrey for you? No, he's not going to get that many points, but <laughs> if you need someone who will give you something, if you just need somebody who has a pretty solid safe floor, this is a good week to plug him into the lineup based on the matchup. I think he'll probably get you double-digit points. So, I'm, I mean, I'm not expecting 30 points from Devin Singletary by any means, but I do think if you're desperate, this is a good play this week.
0: You finally did something the Bills Mafia <laughs> can be proud of. You said some positive stuff about the Buffalo Bills. Now, are you as high on Josh Allen this week?
1: <laughs> I I don't know what to make of Josh Allen yet, okay? They, <laughs> he has had two very good games, but who have who have they played in the first two weeks?
0: Well, they played the Miami Dolphins. Not mm-hmm. the best defense there. And uh, man, who did they play week one?
1: Let me see. I'm looking it up right now. Maybe it was Jacksonville?
0: No, Jacksonville played Indy.
1: Hmm. Let's see. Josh Allen. Josh Jacobs popped up when I tried to type his name in. Because he's the better Josh. <laughs> <laughs> they played the New York Jets in week. Oh, one.
0: that's that's right, that's right. Because so, in the past, even though the Jets have not been very good, Allen has not played that great against the Jets. And then he had an amazing week. So you're right. Two really bad teams.
1: So I'm not. I see I'm that
0: not. that grin is spreading all throughout <laughs> your face. You're just like you know what, Josh Allen just like Aaron Jones. You have these you you've made these enemies you you don't want him to do well anyway that's not
1: even true it's not that i don't want well that's i i maybe maybe i don't believe don't.
0: in I'm josh not, allen
1: i don't like josh allen that much for some reason i think the bill i don't know why i'm just like i think the bills are kind of boring but i don't i don't have any good reason for it i don't really like to talk about the bills but i i chose devin singletary this week and i'm sticking by it <laughs>
0: Well, my next guy that is a good matchup is a Patriot. So I think any good faith we had with Bill's Mafia is now going out the window. Uh, <laughs> my my first guy, Cam Newton, quarterback for New England, and they are playing the Las Vegas Raiders. Based on what we saw Sunday night, Cam Newton is back. Uh, lots of zip on his passes. The Patriots got behind, so he threw a lot more than I think he will in most games. But he was fantastic doing it. completion rate, 397 yards passing, tack on two scores on the ground, 47 yards on the ground. He had 36.58 fantasy points in our league. Now, I I think the Raiders game coming up could be sneaky competitive. Mm -hmm. What puts him over the edge is the fact that he's a battering ram at the goal line, and that's how they're using him. Mm -hmm. They don't seem to even... Try to run with anyone else when they're on the goal line, which obviously is great for you fantasy wise. Mm -hmm. To me, he seems healthy, seems like the old Cam, which makes him a quarterback one really almost any week, in my opinion. The only thing that kind of holds me back from that is that Miami and Seattle, it would seem, have pretty terrible defenses, Uh, just like we were talking about Josh Allen. So maybe the, you know, all the good numbers with Cam Newton could go down a little bit but uh, Las Vegas has given up the ninth fewest points to opposing quarterbacks in fantasy so far. We'll see if it matters Mm -hmm. Uh, because, you know, all things considered what we're talking about here, it seems like this is the first quality defense he'll go against, but I honestly don't think it's going to matter. I think he's a rock solid RB one or QB one, excuse me. (laughs) And uh, I just, he's one of the top 10 guys right now that you have to play if he's on your team.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I got to give it to you. In the, in, in the preseason, you said if Cam Newton's healthy, he's a top 10 guy. And I was a little skeptical of whether he was going to be healthy or not or, you know, play up to the caliber that he'd played at before. And so far, he looks as good as he ever has. So I yeah may when... have been right about that. And like you said, this game will be the first like or the hardest test for him so far. If he plays well, I definitely think he's an every-week start without question.
0: Yeah, he just seems crisp. I don't think he's thrown the ball that well in a long time. hmm
1: My next good matchup is C.D. Lamb at Seattle. And we already kind of talked about the Michael Gallup situation. You know, you last week you already said you didn't think he was the number two option in Dallas anymore. I still kind of thought that he might be, but through two games so far, You were right about that. It certainly does not appear that Gallup is the number two guy, at least at this point. Last week, CD Lamb got nine targets against Atlanta, which was the same number as Amari Cooper. By the way, did you see the amazing catch that Amari Cooper had in that game?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I actually did not.
1: Oh my God. It was so good. It was a long pass. I don't know how many yards, but he reached out with one hand. It was slightly overthrown, reached out with one hand tipped it back to him and came down with it and if he'd stayed on his feet it would have been a touchdown but he lost his balance because the pass was slightly overthrown and he had to reach for it. but even steven my boyfriend was like kind of in the background when i had the game on and he saw that and he was like oh my god that was an amazing catch and he doesn't get a <laughs> shit about football but it was a great catch <laughs> Um <laughs> anyway back on track here Dallas definitely aired the ball out a ton to play catch up after you know they fumbled the ball three times and had a failed fake punt and gave it back to them in their own territory but now facing Seattle whose offense will give the Dallas defense a lot of trouble that could be the case again in week three so on top of that Seattle has allowed the most fantasy points per game to wide receivers so far this season they've really given up so many points to wide receivers. In week one, they gave up 35, 26, and 22 to Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, and Russell Gage. In week two, they gave up 27 points to Julian Edelman, and then 13 and 15 to Damier Bird, whoever that is, and (laughs) Kiel Harry. (laughs) It seems like the way things will be with Seattle and Dallas this season. So... I think this is going to be another shootout, another very high-scoring game. I think C.D. Lamb's going to see a lot of targets. So I'm confident that you could start him this week. If I had him, I'd be starting him. The guy I'm playing this week, Jackson, has him. He's been on his bench. He's starting him, of course, against me this week, which is going to be painful, again, to watch the Dallas game when I'm playing against my own guy, (laughs) (laughs) C.D.
0: He's just too talented for them to, to keep him off the field yeah speaking of talent or lack thereof that's going to be a main theme of (laughs) my second start and that is joshua kelly of the los angeles chargers they're playing the carolina panthers this week despite kelly averaging just 2.8 yards per carry against the chiefs he got 23 carries i watched all that game this past sunday Mm -hmm. and austin eckler was just clearly the more talented back he was Making you know juke moves and just picking up chunk yards, he had over ninety yards rushing with less carries. But it didn't to the coaching staff. It just really didn't seem to matter. Mm-mm. Kelly was out there instead of Eckler all the time uh, to start <laughs> drives in the second half. They would start drives and Kelly would be out there crucial drives when you're trying to pull away from the Kansas City Chiefs, yeah. who have a prolific offense. And it it just it was really flabbergasting. It it would seem Anthony Lynn, it just like saying that Tyrod Taylor would start over Justin Herbert after Taylor was pretty weak (laughs) in week one and Herbert had a quality week two. They seem just intent on playing Kelly just as much as Eckler, which is good for fantasy purposes. If you were to pick up Joshua Kelly this week, Uh, Kelly is getting a lot of volume can be a factor in the receiving game. And it just so happens that Carolina, their opponent on Sunday, has allowed the most fantasy points to RBs so far. Mm -hmm. Six uh, TDs on the ground. So Eckler is already a must start, but this week it appears Kelly could be a must start as well. If Taylor plays, which it doesn't seem like he will, but when he eventually comes back, if he starts, it could limit their upside. So take that with a grain of salt. If you do pick him up, then maybe he has a window of success. And this mm-hmm. week is it. But uh, Kelly is a valid flex play this week. He won't set the world on fire, but I do feel that he will put up dependable numbers. It, it doesn't make any sense. And I just kind of <laughs> wanted to talk about, I just wanted to make that clear that it just seems like Herbert and Eckler are by far the two better players. And Anthony Lynn seems pretty intent on having Kelly out there just as much or more than Eckler and Herbert, you know, sitting for a while because he's a rookie, even though he kind of seems ready to roll. So, yeah. tangent over. But if you picked up Joshua Kelly, good flex play this week against a very weak uh, D for the Panthers.
1: Which I did pick him up, and I am considering starting him over Todd Gurley because Todd Gurley, I'm really upset at Todd Gurley. Um, but well, you said that he's clearly the better player, I haven't really watched any of the chargers games this year, but it does seem like they prefer him in short yardage situations on the goal line. I'm not sure why maybe they saw something, you know, in training camp that they know he has that he's just not kind of showing yet.
0: Yeah. He had a couple of catches too. Um, in 23 carries for 68 yards, I believe is what he had, maybe 64 yards. And then Eckler had not even 20 carries and over 90 yards. And it wasn't like he broke a 20-yard run. He was just considerably better, you know, picking up seven, eight yards per carry. Mm-hmm. And Kelly was not. Yeah. And watching that game, it just kept seeming like they, it didn't matter who was out there. Yeah. They, just, they just needed a body. And they felt like Kelly and Eckler could do the same things. And it just doesn't appear that they can.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, maybe Kansas City's well, I'll say Kansas City's defense is not that bad, but you said Eckler was doing much better, so but
0: to me he was.
1: Yeah. You mentioned that with Tyrod Taylor back the upside is limited. That is true. But in week one with Tyrod Taylor, he still get did get, you know, a good amount of volume. And got double digit fantasy points in week one too, I think. So I picked up Josh Kelly just because I think I didn't go for Mike Davis or anybody like that because I'm looking for more of a long term kind of season long right. person. Mike he Davis did. is
0: He did, but in, in week one, I just the the receiving outlook is not as great. Yeah. If, which is fair. If Taylor's in there.
1: Yeah. Which I don't think he's. I mean, I didn't pick him up to be my RB one or two or even a every week flex play, but you know, plug and play guy. Yeah, it's a good pickup this week. Um, let's see. Moving on to the bad matchups for the week. My for these were hard this week. I had a hard time picking um my sit people for the week. Yeah, same here. <laughs> My first guy, though, that I think you should sit is Ronald Jones. So two reasons why I would stay away from Jones this week, if possible. I realize with the carnage that was week two, it's going to be hard to sit any running back who's going to get any sort of volume. But the matchup against Denver is not good, and then Leonard Fournette is emerging in Tampa Bay. Denver's giving up the six fewest fantasy points per game through the first two weeks to running backs this season. They gave up 18 points to Derrick Henry and 22 to James Conner, which would be great for Jones if he were gonna be the lead guy and get all the carries. But in a game last week that Tampa Bay won 31 to 17 against Carolina's abysmal run defense, he only got 10 PPR points. Fournette outtouched him 16 to 9. There's speculation that could be because Ronald Jones and Tom Brady had a miscommunication on a handoff, and that landed him, you know, in timeout on the bench.
0: He's in the doghouse now.
1: (laughs) But in the best matchup for running backs, he only came away with 10 points. So I was here, clear of him this week. If you can see how the situation plays out, it seems like Leonard Fournette might emerge as the number one guy there. But obviously it's understandable if you have to take the chance if you don't have anybody else. If you're like Bethany and didn't pick up anybody on waivers (laughs) and your only healthy running back (laughs) is Carrion Johnson, you could play with Ronald (laughs) Johnson.
0: Fournette, uh, when he was still on the Jaguars last season, had a great game in Denver as well. So I think they will probably lean on Fournette. Brady traditionally does not play very well in Denver.
1: Mm, Yeah, that's true. So
0: I think them leaning on the run game, but leaning on Fournette is the most likely conclusion that we can come up with there Mm -hmm. my first bad matchup for week three is david johnson the rb for houston they are at pittsburgh Uh, the steelers have faced two struggling offenses so far but we all know that pittsburgh's d is capable of great things Mm -hmm. we talked last week about deshaun watson and how we thought the game script would play out against baltimore and we were right i see this being the same kind of week houston can't stop the run which allows their opponent to control the game the pace and then really finally how the texans can run their offense Mm -hmm. because they're behind and they're forced to throw johnson only has 11 carries in each of the first two games he did reach 19.9 points in week one because of some receiving and he found the end zone early in that game but those numbers did not translate to week two only seven fantasy points this past week so he's he's volatile And Mm -hmm. Pittsburgh has allowed the fourth fewest fantasy points to RBs so far. And what should be another negative game script, there's just no way that I think you can recommend Johnson this week. I just, like I said, I I think it's going to be the same thing as as last week. They're going to get down early. The pass rush is going to start to get to Deshaun Watson. He's going to be running for his life. And Johnson Mm -hmm. is just not going to be a big factor.
1: Yeah, I I hate to say it, I do still like David Johnson for the year. I think he will have some really good games when Houston is up. But it is clear that the game script is going to affect you know, what he can do. He yeah. did get 100% of the backfield touches last week, so that's promising. But, like you said, they just couldn't run the ball because they were forced to throw because they were behind. And that yeah. will you know probably be the case against Pittsburgh this week too so not a great star again obviously you know if you had Saquon Barkley and David Johnson you're going to have to try to replace Saquon sure. it's going to be hard to sit but if you can i think you're right it's not going to be a great game
0: yeah a, a brutal schedule for uh, for Houston at the beginning here these first 3 games but after yeah. that it does lighten up a bit there are brighter times ahead i just feel Johnson is not somebody if you can you should play this week
1: yeah who did houston play in week one
0: uh kansas city play kansas city and then baltimore and now pittsburgh so really the royalty of the afc
1: yeah that is except for the
0: patriots
1: (laughs) all right my next um guy that i think you should sit this week is aj green at philadelphia despite the eagles secondary being undermanned they're giving up the eighth fewest fantasy points per game to wide receivers so far over the first two games They have not given up a 100-yard game yet and haven't surrendered any touchdowns to wide receivers. They've given up four receiving touchdowns on the year, but to tight ends, one to Logan Thomas in week one and three last week to Tyler Higby. Now, couple this with the fact that A.J. Green is not playing the best football that he has ever played and that Joe Burrow is constantly running for his life. And I think this week will be a problem for A.J. Green. He did see 13 targets last week, which is, you know, promising. But he only came up with three catches for 29 yards. It's not all his fault by any means. Some of them were. But with Joe Burrow, I mean, he's a rookie. He's running for his life all the time. The offensive line cannot protect him. This is just not a good week. Um (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> right,
1: right. I mean, there's just no other way to say it. A.J. Green only has eight catches for 80 yards through the first two games. He may or may not be able to shake the rest off at some point this season, but I do not think this it'll happen this week.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think there could be brighter days ahead, but uh, I do kind of like Tyler Boyd this week if you're desperate just because mm-hmm. he can get open over the middle, and that just doesn't really seem to be A.J. Green's thing anymore. Yeah. So I think Green will likely get shut down. And, ho- and hopefully with Burrow, just a quick note, uh, we've seen that with a lot of rookie quarterbacks before where they've gotten beaten down because they're on a bad team. Hopefully he stays positive, doesn't mm-hmm. get hurt. And because these first couple games, it seems like he has a lot of poise. I think he's played pretty well yeah. uh, considering the circumstances. So... To recap our good and bad matchups before I do my final bad matchup, uh, our starts this week, Devin Singletary, C.D. Lamb, Cam Newton, and Joshua Kelly, our sits, Ronald Jones, A.J. Green, David Johnson, and finally Austin Hooper, the Cleveland Browns tight end, and they're playing the Washington football team. (laughs) This is more of a referendum on what he's done this season as opposed to this week in, in particular, just four catches, 37 yards and even more alarming, only six targets so far this season through two games. The million-dollar question with Hooper is, how long can you keep him around? Cleveland is paying him way too much to not throw the ball to him. Mm -hmm. He was briefly this offseason the highest paid tight end in football. But while we're watching, he's burning a hole on, on rosters. Yeah. And we're just waiting for him to do something. And how long can you keep him on your team before you have to drop him? Because you would think that he's going to eventually start to come around because they're paying him all this money. Mm-hmm. Or are they just going to be the Browns? And they're just <laughs> going to pay a guy a bunch of money and then not utilize him whatsoever. Yeah. This week, they're playing a Washington team that is allowing over 70 yards a game to opposing tight ends. But they've got a great defensive line. My thought is Mayfield will be under duress and this will simply not be the week that Hooper gets it rolling. Will he ever that remains to be seen. I honestly think he will, but not this Sunday so far, especially against a good defensive line. He's just not trustworthy to start anymore.
1: Yeah, he was. I think he was dropped in our league, but. It's like you said, the matchup on paper is good. Washington gave up big games to both Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz in week one, but the volume just is not there. Not at all. We talked about this somewhat in preseason. The Browns are so run heavy. They've got one of the best, if not the best, running back duo in the league with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. and Austin Hooper, like you said, he only saw six targets through the first two weeks, and that is just not enough. And there are other options tight end suddenly this year is very deep, so there are other options out there that you could play if you need a tight end mm-hmm. and I think Austin Hooper at this point is droppable
0: yeah I mean, he was a he was a tight end one uh during drafts and all that and if you if you're looking out there on the on the waiver wire and there aren't a lot of guys, then hold on to him and maybe play somebody else. But like I said, it just depends on how long can you keep him before. You just have to get rid of him.
1: Yeah, and then we have a couple more little quick hit starting sick guys for you here. We like this week Gardner Minshew versus Miami. Elias really likes Gardner Minshew. He's got a man (laughs) crush going on him. He's always pushing Gardner Minshew on me, um, which he does have. (laughs) He is going to have a great week, and he um, he's going to have a good season. I did not target him on the waiver wire this week just because. I have Ryan Tannehill. he's gonna be my starter unless he proves otherwise. But I went back through last season and looked at Gardner Menchu game by game, the fantasy points, and then Ryan Tannehill, the fantasy points game by game, and Tannehill just seems like he's got a safer floor. He was consistently seventeen points and higher, and Menchu did have some you know single digit games. not that I think that's gonna happen but I just need somebody who is for sure going to produce for me in my quarterback position. Yeah, for sure. I know you got to take risks to win, but with my quarterback, I don't really want to be that risky at this point. He was picked up off waivers, though, this week in our league, and I think he's a good streaming option for this week for sure. But anyway, that was a rant that I didn't really need to go on, but um, continuing with people that we think you should start. Mike Gesicki at Jacksonville. I will be starting him this week. If he's going to continue to get that volume that he got last week, he will be in my lineup most weeks. David Montgomery at Atlanta and Corey Davis at Minnesota. All good matchups this week.
0: And then some guys that you should sit. We've got Carson Wentz versus the Bengals. That is a, uh, a very much a Kyla selection there.
1: <laughs> and that is not, let me just say. The, the Bengals surprisingly have not given up that many points to quarterbacks this year, but they've only faced Tyrod Taylor and Baker Mayfield. So. Carson Wentz at this point is not any better than Baker Mayfield. And I just don't, it's more about how Carson Wentz is playing and less about the Bengals. Honestly, I do not think you should put Carson Wentz in your starting lineup until he proves that he is not shit.
0: (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) (laughs) Our last three sits for the week. Evan Ingram against the 49ers, John Brown against the Los Angeles Rams. And Robert Woods against Buffalo. And now, our game of the week. Which is really (laughs) the game of the week that I feel like everyone has been, you know, circling on their calendars for a long time. And that's Kansas City at Baltimore.
1: Yes. Almost exactly a year ago today, they played last season. Today's the 23rd. They played on the 22nd last year. Isn't that funny? (laughs) Um, They played in Kansas City. That game ended with a Chiefs win, 33-28. I don't really care who wins the game this week. Could be either one. I'd be fine. But for my sake, I'm hoping that it is a lot of offense and another high-scoring game. Yeah. Mahomes had 374 passing yards and three touchdowns last year. Kansas City gained 140 yards on the ground. Lamar Jackson, 267 passing yards and added 46 on the ground with one score. This was the game, if you remember, that Mark Ingram had 103 yards and three touchdowns, and then Gus Edwards added another 53 yards. I think the game this year could be pretty similar as far as offense goes, honestly. I know the Baltimore defense is tough, but they were tough last year too. They're giving up the fewest fantasy points per game to running backs and the second fewest to wide receivers. Kansas City's defense is not terrible this season. They're giving up the fifth fewest points to wide receivers per game, and they fall in the middle of the pack as far as fantasy points go to running backs. Neither team is great against tight ends. I honestly think this is one of those games where none of that matters. (laughs) I think this will be high scoring. I think Kelsey and Mark Andrews will definitely continue to be focal points of their offenses. If you've got any of the top guys on either team, you're starting them this week despite this matchup. If Galladay plays, I'm probably not going to start Marquise Brown. I don't know, though. Maybe I will. But, you know, we'll see. But if um, you've got Clyde, you're starting him regardless of the tough matchup. If you've got Tyreek Hill, you're starting him. I think Mark Ingram will be a good play this week because I think this game will be competitive. And I think they'll use Mark Ingram in that sort of situation more. So hopefully Mm -hmm. a fantasy-friendly game this week. I'm hoping for like 35 points from Clyde. (laughs) I honestly honestly don't know who's going to win, though. I want to say Baltimore, but it's really just a feeling because Kansas City won last year.
0: Man, you're putting a lot of pressure on on Clyde there. Just, you know, no big deal. Just just <laughs> well, 35 points. That's all I'm going to do. He was need.
1: my first round pick, so he needs to produce. So. True,
0: true. <laughs> uh, I feel the same way. All systems go. You need to start all the top guys. I think fantasy-wise, the RB situation for the Ravens is probably the most fascinating thing going on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, and Gus Edwards have all gotten plenty of carries. I feel Ingram is startable this week because they'll trust him the most in a tight game, and they're going to try to run the ball a lot and keep Mahomes off the field. Um, Dobbins and Edwards, not trustworthy enough to start yet. Ingram, though, despite what he's done the first couple games, I do feel you can play him. Yeah, I'd be a little wary of Hollywood Brown because Kansas City... Despite injuries in their secondary, they do do a great job of limiting big plays and points for Hollywood. Really, most of the time, do come on big plays. But the thing is with this game is, I just if you if you have to start Brown, don't don't worry about that. Like I think Brown is still going to have a great week. Kansas City has a lot of injuries in their secondary. We'll see. All yeah. things considered, though, Ravens being at home, they're just destroying people through the first two weeks. It's hard to pick against them, so I'll pick the Ravens, but if Mahomes does Mahomes stuff and they win, that won't surprise anybody either.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. It should be a fun game. It's Monday Night Football, so I'll definitely be watching that one. I guess the last thing to do is our starting lineups for the week. We had some technical difficulties last week, and. uh we didn't get to have our starting lineup in last week, but this week I'm just going to start at the top. My quarterback against Ryan Tannehill. He got me 26 points last week. I think he's dependable. Like I said, I think his floor is low. The matchup against Minnesota is pretty good. And then my wide receivers currently right now, Allen Robinson. I'm still holding out hope. I think this is a good week that Allen Robinson will have his breakout week against Atlanta. There. Defense is terrible. Kenny Galladay is currently in my wide receiver two position, and I, if he plays, I feel like you have to play him, right? Like you, he, you can't sit Kenny Galladay if he plays. He's a must start if he plays. Right. Yeah. My running backs: Clyde Edwards-Helaire, and you know, I have been saying Helaire, and I think a lot of people are probably saying that. But the announcers, when I was watching Kansas City, I think it was Week One, said that the H is silent.
0: Yeah, I've been saying it wrong as well. (laughs) I I believe it's e right? e yeah. Yeah.
1: He's my RB1. My RB2 is Kenyon Drake. Like I said, I'm not sounding the alarm on Kenyon Drake yet. He's had some tough matchups so far. This week, they're playing Detroit, who was just shredded by Aaron Jones. So I'm hoping for a good week. Tight end Mike Gesicki. Currently, my flex still is Todd Gurley, but that could change. I do have Marquise Brown. On the bench. Hayden Hurst on the bench. A.J. Brown still listed as questionable. Cam Akers, questionable. I wouldn't play him anyway. Then I have Joshua Kelly, who is a new addition to Finkel as Einhorn. I dropped Carson Wentz for Joshua (laughs) Kelly. And then I, just before we recorded this podcast, I dropped Naeem Hines for Miles Gaskin. And I debated on this all morning. Nobody picked him up on waivers. I just, for some reason... And fixated on Miles Gaskin. And I felt like if I didn't pick him up, I would regret it. And I just think that his consistency with the usage that he's currently getting is going to be better than Naeem yeah. Hines's. So I dropped Hines and picked up Gaskin. My kicker, still Jason Myers, uh, this week against Dallas, which is a good matchup for kickers, but I place no weight on that. And then um, my defense for the week, I picked up the Chargers this morning after all the waivers cleared against Carolina. So I'm hoping, I got some hope for week three. I think I'm going to turn it around.
0: Yeah, staying positive. I like it, you know. <laughs> uh, as, as for Gaskins, sometimes you have a hunch and you just got to follow that hunch. Yeah. Uh, my lineup, I kind of covered it a bit earlier, but quarterback Lamar Jackson, my receivers are Calvin Ridley and Chris Godwin. And my flex, I will be starting Deontay Johnson. In the RB slots, Derrick Henry, Chris Carson, tight end Mark Andrews. All pretty good matchups this week. Ridley on paper, they're playing the Bears, so that could be a bad matchup. But with the way the Falcons are playing offense and what Ridley's doing, you can't sit him no matter what. No. Um, my projected right now is 141 to 131 in favor of me, so I'm... I'm staying positive as well. Hopefully stay over 500 here. Be two and one Uh, on my bench. Michael Gallup, Tyler Boyd, Antonio Gibson, Danny Dimes, who (laughs) won't be sniffing the field for a long time for the main machine. Malcolm Brown, who hopefully he can bounce back a little bit. And I picked up Dalton Scholes, the new Cowboys tight end. Zane Gonzalez, the Arizona kicker. I got him. Uh, I'm glad that I picked him up over the Eagles kicker, Jake Elliott. Gonzalez had a good week this past week. And as of now, I'm sticking with the Denver defense against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is always good for a couple of turnovers, but just Denver is really hard to trust right now at all. Yeah. So I'm going to look at the wire here, most likely, and see if I can pick somebody up. But Denver also plays the Jets next week. So I'm kind of just holding on to Denver and trying yeah. to play the long game there because they do have some favorable matchups coming up. So here's to the Broncos, you know, destroying Tom Brady. And, <laughs> but Brady throws all of his completions to Chris Godwin. That's what I need.
1: Yeah. That's so hard to watch your team play against the team that you have like fantasy players on. That's the worst part of fantasy football.
0: Yeah, you just kind of have to, like during the game, you just kind of have to let go and just be like, you know what? Godwin gets that touchdown. Hopefully it doesn't matter. But if if he does, it's just a silver lining, you know? Like my team's getting beat, but at least my fantasy team is thriving. So it's good and bad.
1: You mentioned uh, Antonio Gibson on your bench. It looks like he's uh, ramping up there in Washington. So maybe a very good late round pick for you, huh?
0: I'm holding on to him. I, I, everyone always talks about his talent. Yeah. And even though he hasn't put up big stats so far, um, all the word on him is always positive. And as I've talked about multiple times, I really would like to have a dependable RB3, even if he's not going to play very much. Yeah. So holding on to Gibson, hopefully he'll continue to get acclimated in the offense and he'll keep doing good things.
1: All right. That's all we've got for you this week. If you like the show, please remember to subscribe and give us a review. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at BTBW Podcast for our weekly waiver wire favorites and to ask us your start sick questions. Let's hope for better luck this week. So connect with us on social media. Let us know how your season is going. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.
0: See ya.